I woke up one morning and realized that my attitude did not match my faith. I was living a stressed out, overwhelmed, unsatisfied, and ungrateful life, and I didn't want to do that anymore. So I started writing this book. I knew writing it would make me take a good hard look at what I believe and how those beliefs should affect my life. In the episodes to come, we'll explore many of the obstacles that stand in the way of building a firm foundation in Christ. I'm happy to say that the writing helped me begin to embrace the rest and peace Jesus has for us as believers. I hope listening to it does the same for you. I'm Connie White, otherwise known as C.E. White, and this is my book, Trusting God When You're Struggling, Overcoming Obstacles to Faith, read by Annie Din. Fasting Christian fasting, at its root, is the hunger of a homesickness for God. John Piper When I was a young adult, a non-Christian friend had a co-worker who was fasting, and she asked me about it. He didn't go spend his lunchtimes in prayer or Bible reading, so she didn't understand the point of not eating. Honestly, I didn't understand it either. I wasn't raised in a Christian tradition where fasting was emphasized, and it's only been the past few years that I really began to get it. I knew people in the Bible did it when they were sorely in need of God's guidance, and I had done that a few times over the years, but the overarching concept still eluded me. Now, I see it as a fundamental way to act out what I believe, chiefly that God's presence and my relationship with Him is more vital than the most basic of all human needs. I desire Him and need Him above all things. One of my favorite ways to describe fasting as a general discipline is as a practice. When you fast, you practice aligning your desires, needs, and will with God's eternal kingdom goals. If your normal daily life is mostly comfortable, it's difficult to learn to rely on God when hardships arise. Fasting is a way to create a habit of turning to Him in need, even when your life is not full of obvious external desperation. Let me state here that I believe our spirits are always in desperate need of God, whether we feel that desperation or not. But sometimes we learn best when our flesh is in want. Because, let's face it, our fleshly needs and desires drive much of our attention and focus. Teaching your flesh to turn to God while denying its most basic physiological need is a way of training your brain to turn to God in the midst of any need. It is instilling the habit of focusing on God every time a need strikes. With every hunger pang, you are reminded why you are hungry, and it turns you toward Him. I need you, God. I need you more than food and everything this world tells me is essential. You are enough. When fasting, this cycle is repeated regularly. I see the leftover pizza in the fridge and my stomach rumbles. I reach for it, then remember, I'm fasting. There is a moment of decision. What do I want more? Each time I answer, I want you more, God, and close the refrigerator door, a tiny bit of my flesh is chipped away. It trains you to walk in the Spirit. For the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. 
If you want to be governed by the Spirit, you have to prepare your flesh to be okay when it doesn't get what it wants. If it never hears no, your flesh will always throw a temper tantrum like a toddler when it is denied, and nine times out of ten, you'll give in. But treating fasting only as training for the real world would be selling it short. It's so much more. This habit of turning to God with every twinge of need also teaches you to pray without ceasing, an invaluable tool for staying in tune with the Holy Spirit. People in the Bible fasted in mourning, in repentance, for God's guidance or protection, and simply to seek more of Him. In Mark 9, after Jesus cast the demon out of the boy, the disciples asked why they could not, and He said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Fasting is a desperate outpouring of the Spirit's need, whatever that need may be, and God does respond. In the Bible, fasting is often followed by a clear word from the Lord. It is pushing the world out and allowing the Lord in. It's a powerful way to teach yourself to mind the things of the Spirit rather than the things of the flesh. Now that we've talked about what fasting is and what it's for, let's talk about what it isn't. Number one, fasting isn't a magic wand you can wave to receive God's favor, guidance, or forgiveness in lieu of actual dedication to Him and repentance. Fasting requires an attitude of submission and a desire to do the Lord's will. Isaiah 58 is an especially harsh rebuke to those who fast but continue in their wicked ways, seeking their own pleasure, oppressing their workers, quarreling and fighting. God says He would rather have the fasting of obedience, that we loose the bonds of the oppressed, share our bread with the hungry, house the homeless, and clothe the naked. Fasting when you have no real desire for God or His precepts is simply posturing. And posturing before an omniscient God is one of the silliest, most useless things you can do. God sees through the intentions of our hearts and is not fooled by our actions. This is both comforting and terrifying, isn't it? Number two, fasting is not a thing you do to show what a wonderful Christian you are. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, it says that no one who fasts so others will see and acknowledge their dedication will receive anything from the Lord, because they already have their reward, the approval of man. Let us never seek to do righteous acts for the attention it will afford us. Number three, fasting is not a form of self-harm meant to punish yourself. Yes, it is for mourning and repentance, but even then, its purpose is to draw you closer to the Lord in spirit and away from the flesh. The Bible never speaks of it as a form of punishment, but an expression of grief and time to seek the Lord in earnest. Lest I leave you with the idea I'm uber-spiritual, I also like using the word practice for fasting because I'm pretty terrible at it. But, as I say of all things you practice, you're always bad at something before you're good at it. Like an instrument, I'm sort of just making noise with it right now. I don't practice enough, so every time I pick it up, it feels rusty and unnatural. But eventually, that noise will become smooth, musical, and it will begin to benefit not only me, but those around me with the beauty of its discipline and what it's doing in my soul.
Fasting can be a beautiful habit to develop to teach yourself to grow closer to the Lord, but it's also a tool we've been given to seek Him in times of distress and repent when our spirits are heavy with conviction. It is a tangible way to turn to the Lord so the veil is removed. Takeaways Fasting is the practice of retraining your brain to turn to God instead of your own strength or worldly means when in need. Fasting is turning your heart from the fleshly to the spiritual and emphasizes the fact that the eternal is more important than the worldly. Fasting also helps you to learn to pray without ceasing. Each twinge of hunger causes your mind to be continually brought back to God. Anytime your need is overwhelming, whether it be in grief or repentance or fear, fasting will help you draw closer to the Lord. Do not use fasting as a quick-fix magic ritual ensuring God will give you what you want, a display of your goodness, or a punishment. None of these are biblical. Do use fasting in order to seek more and more of the Lord in your life. Fasting is often followed by clear direction from the Holy Spirit. 